Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is the length of the podcast? 55 minutes? That's 18 minutes longer than the amount of wins your team right. contributed to the NBA this season. Dude. <laughs> What's up, folks? It's a don't stop, get it, get it edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is I, I'm here. Uh, the voice, uh, this disembodied voice is at Who Transcript Man. Uh, or, um, you know, just go follow because um, the, the podcast account is back. It's a different account. Uh, I need more followers. Go to at Jazz High Notes, the number two. That's at Jazz High Notes, high notes number two. Um, uh, we're back. We're better than number ever. Number two for who? Number, number two. two. And the other disembodied voice, he's back. Um, uh, he he went the distance 49. He barkers and buses. Um, uh, it is Jared Barker. What's up, man? Hey, pretty good, man. How, how are you? Yeah, you doing well, doing well. Um, do we want to talk about our friends right now? or what Yeah, do you wanna, like um, do you, you, wanna... got, you got that up, but um, uh, we'll bring him up in just a second. Cause, uh, well, uh, well, I mean, we got, we got... but of course, unless there's an updated version of the copy. That you I said. don't think there's an updated version. <laughs> but, I, I read an old but version. But so. is number one. Wait, uh, number so one um, uh, we got Gets It. Um, uh, Justin, what's up, Gets It? Utah Jazz. <laughs> um, uh, Dr- Dragon Squatch is um, uh, on vacation, uh, sipping margaritas by Cabana, just being pampered. So we have to bring some anger onto the um, uh, onto the podcast. And gets it, you are. Um, if you don't know, like, go follow gets it on 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 Jazz Twitter because um, he's very passionate about the Jazz. He's an <laughs> He's 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 behind the beef. He's him, he's <laughs> him, him and Logan are co are co founders of the Beef Nation. Yes. Yeah, here's the good news. Even though Logan is absent today, you still have a podcast based on my appearance that is brought to you by Roast Beef. <laughs> brought to you by Roast Beef. <laughs> um, uh, and um, uh, if you also want gambling advice, I don't know if this is the, is the best source. But oh, um, uh, he does. Yeah, but bet online is yes. Bad advice. But he does bet give bad, is but, your um, uh, number he, one. His number one. He no. can he can um uh, he can go on to our sponsor of the hitting the high notes bet online. Uh, Ag, Chair, tell them about bet online. Ag. Well, the, the bet online they are your number one source for all your championship finals info, uh, stats, news, and scores, guys. You get you can get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for these this year's NBA and Stanley Cup uh oh late finals. Um yeah, then, those but are, uh, I'd like to bet There is still MLB going on right now, so that's that's available every day. <laughs> bet online is your sports intel headquarters this season and they've got you covered for all your insider sports radio needs. Basketball, hockey, MLB, UFC, boxing. You know, that stuff is all season, baby. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right at home. So get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Wow, where the bonus. game starts. Boom, uh, baby. He did it. Um, uh, that's Synergy. Uh, uh, gets it. What is your favorite casino or card game? Yeah, I was about to interject a little bit earlier and actually see if I could get in on the juice a little bit and see if I could be sponsored personally by the MGM Grand, where I'm excited to be <laughs> making my maiden voyage this summer for NBA Summer League and more. Um, oh, nice. As well as the, as well as the unofficial uh, Manila equivalent of Las Vegas. Um, oh, I haven't okay. stayed at the MGM Grand, but I have visited there. 
and it seems like every time I get off the elevator, I immediately run into approximately seven of my aunties. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that, it seems to be like an Asian. I know for Vietnamese, like I go to Vegas, I'm like, oh, I, I can understand half the people here because they're speaking Vietnamese. They do love and the it's gambling. Also, it's very much also like the Madison Square Garden of Manny Pacquiao's finest domestic moments. <laughs> oh, okay. It's got everything you need. But in the past, I have stayed at Flamingo, which is, um, I love it because they have a lot of new rooms, the location, obviously, the centralization uh, to the strips. So that really offers you the gateway to go across the street to Cesar Palace, um, the Bellagio Fountains. You're right next door to Cromwell if you want to party up. You're right next door to the link if um, you need to indulge in the, the various things they offer there, some good breakfast haunts. And then you're also right next door to that uh, to the walkway and and the massive Ferris wheel mm. in and out. So a lot of choices about if you stay at Flamingo. And then last summer, um, I took a more southerly route and found myself at the Luxor for the first time ever. And uh, while the Luxor has seen its, uh, its fine share of years, uh, not a bad locale as well. Looks like I can get some some pretty cheap rooms on uh, Monday through Wednesday at Summer League. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like and I'm, uh, I'm just, speaking I'm just of Twitter follows, yeah, go ahead. The uh, the guy who has the down low, the, the the real the real handle you want to follow on Twitter, Laird Dolman, who knows all things Vegas, gambling, handicapping, tourism, food, all that stuff. He. He gave me the download a couple of years ago and suggested I stay at uh, the Tuscany Suites, which is just to the Ooh, east yes. of the Strip. But, you know, if you're in good shape, just a skip and a hop, um, no big deal at all. And that gives you plenty of real estate to kick back and relax for a very nice ROI. All right, what do you guys um, think? The, July the local pharmacist, uh, RX Mike 12, which I, if he's not a listener of the pod, he should become one. Mm-hmm. He was a big fan of that other podcast. <laughs> um, July 10th through July 12th um, uh, that's the Monday through Wednesday Summer League I can get a $15 room from Rio a $31 wow. room from the Link $15? or $41 oh, wow. from Harrow yeah like I'm a you know I'm a, I'm Dude, a, I'm a, I'm a member I'm a players member guys so I'm a I'm You're a, a member of the Players Club? The Players Club. <laughs> wow. Um, oh. uh, so that's Summerly coming is up. That, is that, so do, do you sing the anthem then? I want to hear it. Do, do I sing the anthem? <laughs> um, Players Club anthem, yeah. baby. But, um, you uh, and Tim Meadows, dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Summer League, um, uh, you know, we were going to have Jazz Jargon on here to, um, uh, so I can dunk on his takes. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, uh, Wow, he is, uh, he's not going to be able off. to make it. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, was, that means he was too uh, afraid of the, of you dunking on him. Yeah, is that Bru- what you're Bru- yeah, no, yeah. Oh, he, no. He's, he's got kids apparently. So, uh, Bruno Stars is going to have to defend him or attack him. It's, it's up to him. So, um, we're talking <laughs> I, about Summer I don't League. Know if I, should, I don't know if I should be divulging this critical hidden news, but I will be in attendance at Summer League on opening day, um, which is a bit of a new experience for me. I've been a Summer mm. League now three times in the last five years, uh, COVID notwithstanding. Um, and I tend to go, I think I've, I've kind of got a little dip of everything. The first time I ever went to Summer League, I caught a Saturday morning game between the Utah Jazz and the Portland Trailblazers in which uh, Zach Collins mixed it up with a Utah Jazz benchwarmer whose uh, image is actually not coming to mind, but it was a fun experience. And the most recent time I went to Summer League was actually on the tail end. Uh, which is an interesting look as well. 
Um, but I will be attending on opening day, which I expect to be just an absolute zoo at Thomas and Mac and the adjacent Cox Pavilion. Honestly, I haven't even been been paying attention to the dates for summer league this year. Is it like the first week of first weekend in in uh, July? No, the first weekend of July, July is uh, is uh, Salt Lake Summer League. July third, fifth, okay. and sixth is Salt Lake Summer League. July seventh, gotcha. so the day after Salt Lake Summer League is Vegas Summer League. So, oh, I um, or more unaffectionately known as the sixth anniversary of Gordon Hayward screwing up our barbecues. <laughs> this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're getting barbecues. Speak for yourselves. Um, I love having a barbecue. Well, I, I detect a lack of passion. It, well, I mean, like I'm a, that, that day, I'm a, it was more. I, I was not angry at, at Gordon Hayward. I was more angry at um, the, the, the system. Just waited for him. Well, no, the, the system uh, of like you know losing your best player and just no way of getting back. Anyway, so that's a whole. Different well, that's tangent. very much on brand for you, Hill. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, we have the draft coming up in uh, less than a week now. We're recording on a Friday. Um, draft uh, will be on Thursday. Um, gets it. Um, so like, what we're really here to talk about? Because like, I'm a, I mean, there's some names that you like. Uh, I, I've seen you talk to a lot of people out there. Uh, I think so. I hope so. Um, uh, if not, you you know these jazz jargon takes are gonna n- not age well here. <laughs> um, but this yeah. is why you were supposed to have jazz jargon on today. I was just here to offer critical and sarcastic responses to all of his useful suggestions. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... That, I'll that, do my best. Like, I mean, I mean Jared and I talked a, uh, a week ago about, like, just... There's not many names that I'm, I'm really into. I mean, Jared, has any other names popped out to you? Like, like okay, this is the guy I'm, I'm really focusing on, zoned in on. Um, well, one thing that did intrigue me, because I listened to the low post this week with Bobby Marks and... Uh, dang it, who's the draft guy? Zach Jason, Lowe. Jonathan Gavoni. Uh, no, 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 yeah, Gavoni. The, Giovanni? The, you know, the guy they bought, Giovanni, that they, that they got from Draft Express. I don't like want he, to draft Giovanni Bernard in the 2023 no, NBA draft, by the way. Yeah, no, 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 we're not, talking, we're not talking about NFL. Come on, come on, come on. That's, that's, that, was, that was for the bet online, you know. You, you talk about NFL during the bet online. <laughs> Is it time for another read already? Because I would like to know, can bet online, um, who is an avid sponsor of Hitting the High Notes podcast, by the way, Provide me with, I don't know, a prop on if uh, Jordan Levin's first full season as the number one quarterback of the Green Bay Packers could, I don't know, uh, throw for approximately 3,814 yards. You know, they do uh, have some interesting touchdowns in an over-under of possibly uh, 16 interceptions. Let's make yeah. it 16 and a half interceptions. How there many, are some uh, interesting prop bets on yeah, there. I'm uh, looking my right friend now, Robot I've, Shane could tell you a lot. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm, uh, it says uh, I, they don't have those ones, but they do have over-under um, uh, Flat Earth mentions by Jordan Love, so... That will be interesting. My apologies. This advertisement really went off, <laughs> went off, the, went off the cliff. Um, but uh, Utah State legend uh, Jordan Love. Um, but yeah, so Jared, um, uh, uh, any names that really like, like at number nine? We're talking about number nine right now, you know, because sixteen twenty eight, like whatever. But number nine, um, you know, you're talking about you listening to the low post. Um, who did they mention? Yeah, well, they they were talking about Cody Buffkin again because apparently he's been refusing workouts from like every single team. And it sounds like it's there's some agent maneuvering going on, and some uh, they're trying to keep certain things under wraps because a lot of people were impressed by certain things that he was doing, and and either somebody is lying about the fact that they've given him a promise and they actually got a private workout. So it's like he is a name that like is almost became more intriguing because of all the the you know the espionage or whatever you want to call it the. Uh, 
political <laughs> gerrymandering of his draft I did draft not position. sign up for this podcast. <laughs> who, who knew that? The gerrymandering hitting, of his draft position. <laughs> who knew that hitting the high notes uh, would be so influential that um, uh, we moved him up from like, you know, 18 we did. mock drafts. We spoke about him last week. <laughs> yeah. Right? Up to like, up to the top 10 pick. Um, yeah. And again, it was just, it really just purely theoretical. I just picked the, I picked the name out of hat. And so it's kind of funny that his name has really surfaced a lot more in, um, in the in the uh, uh, in the uh, uh, aggregate, but Ty, Ty Corbin is his agent. He's making a playoff push. <laughs> um, uh, Justin, so um, I don't know if you saw this um, uh, from Jazz Jargon on uh, online because um, I'm a uh, you know we talk about promises like I'm a uh, you know because Jazz Jargon tweeted out something like like oh I hate teams giving promises because oh I thought that was an interesting take I thought he was right about that because um, uh, like I mean yeah he says like, like if you give a promise to a prospect. Um, you know, then you're you kind of you have to take them if someone falls, and you can't take them. Yada yada yada. What is, what is your take on that? I mean, like giving a prospect a promise, um, pros and cons. Pros, um, job security, um, two clarity, uh, three. I think it, it's actually a pro for other teams because it allows them to um, cross them off off their list. However. If the promise is a smokescreen, which you could probably throw into both the, the pro and the con basket, um, I think it uh, it gives you less. I think it's it eliminates for the teams that might be interested in that in that player. So I guess probably one of the most prominent examples for the Jazz would be Cam Whitmore. So let's say Cam Whitmore allegedly receives a promise from a top five team. Um, you know, for the Jazz, that means they probably don't need to give up any extra assets unless they're still at that point interested in one of the twins perhaps um but you know it seems like there's a lot of permutations taking place online and to me it's all noise none of us are on these phone calls we're all just following 17 different mock draft iterations by websites which are trying to attract clicks and advertisements and those sorts of things but um depending on what you believe and what you think um, the promises are interesting because I think it also benefits the athlete because they can kind of close up shop and feel that sense of clarity and, um, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they I, know where they're going. I, I agree with you on that. I feel like the athlete, um, if the athlete feels like, hey, I want to be getting starter minutes, I'm okay with if we're a little bit on the bad side. Uh, I want to get starter minutes so I can grow my game and develop and figure out what I'm doing wrong on the fly. And – uh, that's why they were saying Cody Bufkin is intriguing for the Jazz, I think. Cause, well, no, they, they mentioned another name. I think they said a large guard who is like 6'5". Today, the hot name has been his fellow Big Ten guard, Jalen Hood-Shafino out of Indiana. Yeah, I don't know about him. Honestly, I don't I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't watch a lot of film because I feel like a lot of times when you watch film, unless you're watching full games, you're watching highlights, and that's a problem right. for me because I don't want highlights. I want lowlights. I want to know what they do badly that will get exposed yep. at the NBA level. <laughs> um, so, Jerry, well, you, you, you – oh, sorry, uh, real quick. So, Jerry, you just said, like – so you agree that you you don't like the, the idea of giving a promise to a prospect. Yeah, I, I'm not a real fan of that because I feel like it, it really limits you. And and, and, the, and the take, I guess, uh, Giovanni had on – because I thought I, – I, I could have sworn that Zach Lowe doesn't call him Giovanni, but whatever. 
Um, oh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't I actually don't know. I, I, I said it and I was like, I don't know if that's right or not. So, so <laughs> anyway, it could be, it could be he, said, he said, he said something similar. He's like, well, I think what you do is even if you make the promise, if you think there's a chance that you got somebody better, you burn the agent and say, Hey, you know, we'll get you next time. We're going to come back around here and figure something out, you know, because like there's, he said that basically ultimately you have to look at what's best for the organization and the team. So I was like, okay, that's interesting because because I mean, giving promises willy nilly like that seems really. No. Oh, I mean, I, I understand. I understand the the concept from the, the the franchise. The team concept is okay. Cool. We want you know we don't want Kobe uh, Bufkin. Uh, you know we actually really like him, and we don't want um, uh, uh, other teams getting a look at him. Uh, you know, it happened, it happened with Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz, right? Donovan Mitchell yeah. took a workout with the Jazz that wasn't supposed to happen, really. Like, it was just sort of a, a tryout workout. And the Jazz got a good look at it, like, oh, wow, this is this is crazy. Like, this is somebody that we really like. Um, you know, you don't, you don't want other teams to – because, like, the other teams could try to jump you. The other teams could like him just as much or more and, and go for it and, and take the prospect that you like. And this comes down to what we talked about um, on our uh, draft podcast, you know, the one we didn't know anything about. But um, – we talked about like if you really like a guy, you go get him, um, and you really hope that you don't have a lot of competition from other from other people. Uh, but yeah, because then they could try to up right. or make you give up more compensation. So you know, so you're, you got you're, you're over you're, a barrel because you want him. Like the, I think the pro here is like if you tell a player, hey hey, we really like you. Um, actually, please like uh, it happened with somebody today. So uh, they said um uh, the Pacers they were gonna go work for the Pacers and then they said nope we're we're done right and um. So either the Pacers, somebody above the Pacers or the Pacers liked him enough saying, okay, don't go to the Jazz because we don't want the Jazz to jump up to number six and try to take you. Um, so th- I think there's some benefits. Th- there are benefits. I mean, there are there are not downsides. Um, but the downside that Jazz Jargon gave was like, was like, oh, like if somebody falls, but you've already made a promise to somebody, you don't want to take them. And you could. Um, but this is, this gets into the, the whole like fantasy football drafting versus – an NBA real life draft, um, where assuming that you've gotten both guys in, or maybe you haven't got the other guy in, if someone starts to fall, that tells me, like I, you know, as a scout or GM, or I'm thinking, oh, that's weird. This guy's falling. There, there might why be a reason. Falling? Yeah, why yeah, is he falling? Yeah. Like I'm a, if someone got four pass on, Monte Mac, no matter what. Yeah, and we need a like, sequel. We need the sequel to know if actually his <laughs> draft picks worked. And so, like, I'm a, if these guys start to fall, like, I mean, there might be a reason. I mean, I mean there's a reason that um, uh, uh, what's his face fell from uh, from Ohio State. The Jazz drafted him. Costa Kufis? No. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Is it Costa? Yeah. Uh, my, my my my. That was a deep cut. Yeah, that was two thousand and eight. Kufos, right? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So anyway, I'm um, like, bad. if someone starts dropping, like, and and you haven't done your due diligence on them, um, there's a risk taking that guy anyway. Like, if if Amon Thompson just fell, you're like, okay, we we like him, but we don't know. And but if you've done your homework on Kobe Bufkin, and this is a guy that you really like, yeah, it is like draft day. Like it is Vontae Mack. Like this is the guy yeah. you want. It doesn't matter, you know. Unless like this Victor, is like a yeah, a sort of a Jalen Tatum to a lesser extent scenario because you're like you're trading or not you're not trading but you're instead of going trying to go up for somebody or whatever you're just like okay 
we're gonna, we're hoping this guy falls to us and nobody else figures out that he's as good as we think. Oh, he is. Or you, you just know the guy, like you had them in, like, you know what you look for. you like, you know what you're looking for in a player and the guy checks all the boxes, whether it, it doesn't right. have to be like athleticism, you know, what they do yeah, on the court, it could be off the court. There, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So, um, even if somebody fell, like if someone had fallen three or four or five, like if Ken Whitmore fell four or five spots, if you like him, yeah, you can take him there. But if you just like the other guy more and, you know, this guy's falling, there's no reason that you wouldn't want to take the guy that you've already done the due diligence on, right? So it's, like, yeah. it's different than fantasy football drafting because I think a lot of us take that mentality in. And, you know, you know, you know me, I talk about tiers all the time, like how I tier players. I don't want my NBA franchise, my GM, my scouts to have that same mentality when it comes to NBA draft. Because they to, have more information, yeah, right? Yeah, I want them to go in yeah. there and, like, these, you know, you know, maybe maybe there isn't a guy, but if there's a guy that they really like, I want them not to be their number one guy, mark it down, and, and don't be like, well, if we miss on hit this guy, well, these next three are probably good enough. That might right. be the case, but I think, yeah, with all the information, all the work that you put in, I want them to delineate um, uh, between these guys because it's the NBA draft. Like, this is, this, is a, this is a decision that will affect your franchise, you know, for the next decade. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, just saying like, oh, well, these four guys are all the same because it, it really isn't. Like, four, I mean, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh were not the same. They're all very good players right? and had different things, but they were all different and, and they all had different skill sets. And you want to draft the guy that you like the best. Right. And, and so I, I think a lot of times we take that fantasy football perspective in in mind because like, all right, well, if I miss – if I miss on um, uh, Najee Harris, I'll just get Jonathan Taylor. If I miss on Jonathan Taylor, I'll just go get so and so. You know, if I if I didn't miss, I'll go get AJ Brown. Right? Like, we all we all take that fantasy football mindset into into NBA drafting, but that's because the inf- the game is different. The information is different. Uh, the gate like a fantasy football draft is is one year. If you mess up, okay, you just start next year. If you mess up in the NBA draft, you know that could set you back. You know, the next seven years, like you might miss on Giannis. You might miss on um, uh, Jason Tatum, so um, uh, you know you want to make sure that you know your guys. Uh, you know, J- Justin, you know, what do you think? So I think some some more of the pros of you know giving that promise. You're the team that's kind of dictating what happens. You're setting the market um, because if you're Indiana and God willing, it, it's established that you want Grady Dick. He's the perfect fit for your team. Whether that's the best pick or not, that kind of forces the other teams to react and kind of hustle around and figure out what they're going to do. And then if there's someone you really like, let's say Detroit is just laser focused on Cam Whitmore. He's the he's the missing piece for the Detroit Pistons. You lock in Cam Whitmore, that immediately establishes a relationship of trust between the team and Cam Whitmore. You're able to start planning ahead. And then the other thing it allows you to do is once you know you're going to have Cam Whitmore locked in, you can focus your energies on other scenarios. So that gives you one less thing to worry about, but it's the biggest thing. It's the most significant aspect of the draft. So you can either figure out what other aspect, what other assets do I want to move? Do I trade back into the first round? Do I trade away a draft pick I don't think I need? You have all these other opportunities and permutations and phone calls you can make to try to augment your roster based on what you already have with that big time draft pick locked in already. Um, obviously the cons, I think you guys have touched upon it a little bit. It removes, it removes your leverage and your flexibility. So 
Um, if you make a promise and you want Grady Dick, and let's say there's someone you didn't think was going to be available, like I don't think it's going to be actually happening, but let's say for whatever act of God, Brandon Miller magically falls to seven. Well, now your hands are tied because you got to take Brandon Miller instead of Grady Dick. So you're going to have egg on your face and you pissed off Grady Dick's agent and his family. And that's probably going to reflect negatively on your franchise, even though, uh, you know, you're going to have the best case scenario, Tyrese Halliburton, Ben Matherin and Brandon Miller, just a trio to die for. But again, it, if you it makes you look bad if you had an established agreement with somebody else already. Um, and then the final thing is with the cons, if word gets out, I think nowadays with how avidly so many people within the media, uh, within the blogosphere, and then these people, these freaks like us on Twitter who are tracking this stuff with the eyes of hawks, we can put two and two together and figure out who you're going to be guaranteeing if it's established that a team is guaranteed something, especially we can see these players going to different markets, practicing, and then within 24 hours, oh, suddenly they got a promise. That paper trail is not very far to follow. So, in effect, you're showing your hand if the promise is made. So, I think nowadays it's, you know, a good business practice on one hand. If you know what you like, you don't want to screw around. You want to set your future in motion and nail it down. But at the same time, you're removing that flexibility and wiggle room. We're in a draft with so much talent and so many combinations and permutations. I mean, every single mock draft looks different. Um, so obviously we have a general like zone of if you're picking nine, there's these five guys you think are going to be available or that you would desire. And, uh, you know, on average, two to three of them are probably going to be available Two will be taken by teams above you, but you're just really limiting your flexibility nowadays, particularly in this draft. Perhaps if you make that promise now, yeah. I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of promises in general within walks of life. Even Michael Jordan said he doesn't make promises to his then wife, but we will win Game Seven back in 1998 against the Indiana Pacers. But I think it's a good business practice if there's something you really want. Like, I don't think we're telling any tall tales if it pops up in the next 72 hours that the Charlotte Hornets have suddenly made a promise to a player. I think we can put two and two together there. It's interesting because, um, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, like all the drafts, mock drafts are looking different, um, which kind of tells me, I mean, part of it is, like, you know, like I, I work for the media. Um, this is probably the first year where, the Jazz have been very tight-lipped about who they're having in. Like they're not even announcing um, what draft picks they're having in in a Which year. Which I'm pumped about, by the way. Yes, as a as a media member of the media, hate it because that is content that I would love to get out get out for my job. As um, as a fan who likes to like you know kind of hear things, uh, you know I'm on Jazz Twitter. I'm upset because like oh you're taking information away from me. Uh, but as a fan as, of a franchise that I want to win championships, I don't hate the idea of secrecy i don't hate the idea of holding the information and not letting anything out because it's not just the jazz there's, there's actually plenty of teams who are really holding all this information in so it's sort of a trend like we're, we're, we might be trending towards that um but um it, it does give you advantage like you, if you're playing poker you're, you're playing the odds right um if you're playing you, the odds of like someone dropping and you promising somebody else like what are the odds that 
somebody that we really like drops and we've already made a promise, promise to somebody, it might be low. And so you made that promise because the risk of um, pissing somebody off is not as much as the risk of somebody dropping and falling into your lap. Uh, by, by holding your card, like this is you know, a poker analogy, by, by not showing your cards, um, uh, you know, you're, you're keeping a lot of, you know, not just media members guessing, but other teams are guessing. Um, yeah, your poker face, your yeah. poker face. Who, and further, and furthermore, face. within the theory of or the the concept of promises, I think it's a lot more relevant to teams that are going to be picking in the top five teams that will be picking ahead of the Utah Jazz mm-hmm. versus the Jazz themselves, presuming they're going to be picking from the ninth spot mm-hmm. um, on draft night, which seems to be more up in the air than ever, just based on the noise, always right. mock drafts, people tweeting about this and that. But I think if you're in the top five, it's a lot more relevant of an idea to offer a promise because you're going to have the pick of the litter. Whereas with the Jazz, um, you know, there's there's people just after Victor that they're licking their chops at. There are there's so many guys I'm interested that are going to go from like 10 to 25. I was looking at this list again today, and even though I don't know deeply intimately about the skills and personalities of these players, I was thinking to myself, gee, it would sure be nice to have, you know, five picks from 12 to 25, which isn't really the case every single year, but I don't know if it's exposure. I don't know if it's the potential quality of this draft, but it just seems like there's interesting, compelling pieces based on the Jazz's level of evolution where they need not only best player available, but you're trying to fill out the rotation with good brimming young talent Mm -hmm. that you, you hopefully can be infusing into your rotation within the first month of the, the season in theory, but there's so much to pick from, and it would be fun to just bust open this proverbial pinata and grab as much as you can from that 10 to 25 range. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the hope. Like, again, you know, the Jazz are not showing their hand to, like, really try to... I mean, there's a famous, um, uh, you know, the Tyus Thomas, LaMarcus Aldridge trade, right? The Bulls uh, let 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 it go that um, they really wanted Tyus Thomas. And what the, the Blazers do pick before them? Drafted Tyus Thomas. And they're like, they, I, I think they called the the Bulls right up right after him, like, hey, we got Thomas. Um, uh, if you want him, draft Aldridge and, and and give us a pick, and we'll, we'll give you we'll give you Thomas. You know, so, um, so yeah, so it's there, there's nothing. Or I wouldn't say nothing, but I'm okay with the secrecy if I want my team to win a championship. Um, it kind of yeah, sucks. it's just good business strategy. Yes, and I and I, I'm okay with that that part of the risk strategy. management. Um, but I'm uh, so it gets it like as we're talking. So for me, I, so here are my tiers of of the draft list. It's, it's tier number one is Victor, far and away. You know, tier number one. Tier number two is Scoot and uh, Brandon Miller, and then tier three is literally everybody else. And my reasoning is that that like you know we we all assume Victor's going number one. Seems pretty obvious. Not a shock. Uh, number two and three, I think people have been bouncing back, but this has, you know, been for months now. People are like, all right, it's either going to be Scoot or Brandon. Um, you know, part of it is fit, but we, I haven't really seen a lot of um, people going, okay, well, these guys are falling, you know, five, six. Um, they're not They're not falling. They're, they're pretty much slated at, if you watch any mock draft, two or three. Okay, fair. But then after that, that's when it gets interesting because, like, you know, you, you've seen somewhere Aman has fallen. Um, you've seen this somewhere where Cam Whitmore has fallen. So I'm like, you know what? If um, uh, people who are making educated guesses are just kind of throwing these darts here and saying, you know, these guys might fall, that's my information, right? Like, that's the information that I have consumed. I haven't consumed anything else. My opinions are based off just like, all right, well, this is where the information is. If everybody else is kind of falling, then 
so it's going to be hard for me to be, I guess, disappointed uh, who the Jets pick at number nine. Um, but, I mean, are, there's going to be some guys that um, uh, are on the list that are going to disappoint you at number nine. And uh, do any come off the top of your head there, Justin? What was the end of that? Oh, like, um, uh, so uh, for me, it's going to be hard for me. Like, again, if the Jets drafted Grady Dick at nine, I won't be disappointed because they're all in the same tier. Um, uh, but Grady Dick is somebody that I think that would, would really upset you. Um, I feel like he he's a tier below uh, what Hendricks and then who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Shoot, I can't remember the other name. Mm-hmm. It's not Taylor. Well, I'm not... I'm just trying to figure out. I'm just trying to get Justin's like, list of like guys. He's like, oh god, I do not want these guys at nine. Um, oh, I, try to, okay. I try to approach. I try to approach honing in on the right draft pick based on based on what did the Jazz need. And so right now, given the Jazz's, you know, the point in their evolution, whatever you want to call it, rebuilding, reloading, furnishing talent, it's the best player available. And I think I'm not, I did not come up with a, a new, a unique take here, but I think a lot of people you'll see talking on Twitter and on other platforms, it's not so much the concern of the position or the fit or how are they going to work next to Larry Markinen or, um, uh, or Walker Kessler. Obviously, the Jazz need to reinvigorate their backcourt, but that doesn't mean they need to, to not pick a forward um, and specifically take a guard at nine. And so I think the question is, who's going to be the best player av- available, not only at the number nine spot, but at a spot that they might find themselves trading up or slightly down into? Um, and the second part of that is what's the best value at the position the jazz are picking and how can they exceed kind of that expected value? So it's like, you know, if you've got $200 and you can invest that on, on one share of uh, let's say Nike, I know Nike's I think worth more than that right now, but what's like something you could invest $150 into instead and have it, you know, eventually soar in value to, being worth $250 a share in nine months. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're looking for that piece of talent. If it's available to the Jazz at nine, you just stay put at nine. Mm-hmm. But if it's available at five, then you do your darkness to trade up to five. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what's that player, regardless of position, age, pedigree, any of that stuff, we're just looking for the best piece of talent. Right. So, and so that could be Cam Whitmore. Okay. Uh, that could be Scoot Henderson. That could be, if we choose to stand pat, that could be Taylor Hendricks, depending mm-hmm. on other points of view. That could be Juris Walker. Um, oh, I yeah, Wa- could, Walker is the other name. Oh, yeah. Depending on how his stock is trading, maybe you trade down a couple spots and you settle for Case and Wallace as your first pick of the first round. Now that's um, or that's just, real interesting. Real quick, though. Um, uh, so Case and Wallace, right? So you're saying about tra- you know, trade down, right? I-, I think this is another like fantasy football thing that permeates in our brains here. Sure. Um, so Case and Wall is there at 9, right? And you think, okay, I could probably get him at 12 or 14. Um, this comes down to being how, how risk-adverse are you. Uh, again, if you're a scout for the Jazz and you, and you think Case and Wall is, is that guy that will get you the best return on your money, why not just take him at 9? I think that's yeah, a fair point. If he's absolutely what you like and you're fully into him, then then lock in the case of Wallace at nine and, you know, don't play chicken at all. Mm-hmm. And I respect that too, but it, it just comes down to 
who is the best player after all of this evaluation, mm-hmm. all this consideration? You've heard my thoughts on Twitter. You've seen my thoughts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we cost ourselves we cost ourselves some assets by winning an extra five six games that we absolutely didn't need to. I know you and I have been seeing each <laughs> finishing each other's sentences on that since God probably Thanksgiving. I still I still but, have the screenshot of the first ten games on my phone. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember. Three, you were eight so eight angry. Us, yep. I remember. Did us real good hashtag culture. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. if Cam Whitmore is what you're going to want to have, um, you cost yourself your ability to potentially acquire Cam Whitmore. But yep. because of those extra hashtag culture wins, you'll now need to probably trade up to obtain Cam Whitmore. But again, that's like where you're, where you're paying attention to the, this noise, these promises. I just wish jazz culture was as powerful as heat culture, man. I wish jazz culture was like heat culture. You know what? You know what heat culture is. You know what heat culture is. Volstra and Jimmy Butler. It's it's the greatest Filipino American export to ever to ever exist and arrive on the American shores, combined with the Gordon Gecko of the NBA and Pat Riley. Gordon Gecko. And, and that is <laughs> that is the essence of heat culture right then and there. Jimmy I, lo- I love the Wall certainly... Street reference. I love it. So so my, my last question for you gets to my last question for you, Jared. All right, so, you know, we touched, we just talked about, like, the Jazz. They won too many games. Like, I feel it. You feel it. Um, just It just almost feels like a waste of a year. But gets it. Would you, trade, would you trade um, Lori Markinen's no. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Like, would you trade? Would you give up the year that he had? Would you say like? Would you just rather him have a very just pedestrian year? Like, you know, like he looks fine, but like, you know, take away the monster dunks, take away that hundred threes and whatever dunks thing he did. Um, and take he looked, away he, him he looked, and make an all star game. Take yeah, making you know all yeah. like like he didn't look anything like an all star, like an all NBA player. He looks okay. I'm trying to think of. A comp of somebody. He looks like mm, Sabonis, maybe. Well, Sabonis, no, Sabonis, no, Sabonis decent decent modern day, he looks... He's modern day Tom Chambers. Tom, uh, <laughs> Tom, Ooh, Tom Chambers. modern Tom Chambers. I'm, 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 That's I'm a to, good. I, I don't know about it. yeah, but like no, but just just like he had a very. He's like a Danny Ainge <laughs> type Julius, season. Julius I don't Randall know. Had a good year. Uh, just just somebody who was in the middle of the pack. Um, he had. I think. I have thoughts on this. I actually think I have more thoughts on this current topic than mm-hmm. I do the NBA draft. Okay. Because I've spent the last 24 hours thinking about it. So one of my favorite followers on Twitter is Nate Jones. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a he's kind of an NBA business guy. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jones on the NBA. He's great. He He's fascinating. He has a lot of unique, nuanced takes. He follows the league avidly. He's a business partner with Damian Lillard. He's moving yeah. and shaking they do all those over insoles, the NBA right? landscape. But – if you pay attention to him, he gives you a lot of tea leaves on the inner workings of the NBA. And hey, he hey, actually Dan, Dan therefore, give us money. <laughs> therefore, therefore, I take what he says. I don't take everything he says 100% seriously, but I certainly pay attention when he has something to say. And last night, he said, random prediction, Lowry is going to be even better next season. And I hmm. think based on the last season, that's probably my biggest concern because what it costs the Jazz in the short term. Mm-hmm. And that potential cost is if Larry just had the best season of his career mm-hmm. and regresses next season, then it makes Oof. the 2022-23 season mm-hmm. worthless. Yeah, However, I agree with that. if I this is that. just the start of his ascent, then the 2022-23 season is a magical one and one that set the tone for the future to come. 
And if this is just the start of Lowry Markinen playing good basketball, then I think the 22-23 season is actually a, uh, you know, it's a watershed moment of sorts. And it's not a fluke. And it's something that has worthwhile value because it's going to boost Lowry and the Jazz Mm -hmm. to bigger and greater things. And what you just said before, I I think you were being a little bit glib, but I actually think you can't take away the 100 plus threes from, from Larry Markinen because that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think the essence of Larry Markinen, he's entering his prime, but this is just what he is. He's a very good analytical basketball player. He takes the right shots. He can on occasion create his own shots, but he's a bastion of efficiency. He's a modern basketball player. He can hit the three. He can put the ball on the floor. He can finish at the rim, whether it's a dunk, a layup, or just a two-footer but he gives you high value shots. And I think those are actually, the more I think about it, I think those are really enduring qualities. Um, The thing I'm probably more concerned about Lowry is just the wear and tear. He's gonna have a really long summer coming off of a pretty long season. The Jazz didn't really tank and they played him till the final moments of the season. So he really had like a, a valuable, you know, spiritually a 75 games played season. I don't even know how many games he played off in reality off the top of my head, but it just felt like, he got the wear and tear of a 75-per-game season player. Now, he played last summer fully for Finland. Mm-hmm. He just did this really, you know, military is military to me. And so he just had a really grueling, and I don't know what the Finnish military looks like if they just I mean, he might have there mostly he, for pageantry. He might have just had a desk job. So. <laughs> he, yeah, but he's still probably getting less sleep than I am. Like, <laughs> he's got to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and clean the toilets and all that stuff, I'm assuming. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, it's grueling. Like, I think he had the office you're playing like the basketball. basketball or, <laughs> I still think it's bad on your neck in the end. Right. Um, and I, I say that as a, a person in their mid 30s. But, anyways, I think it's going to be a long summer for Lowry. This military service coupled with the international travel. Mind you, he's going to be traveling to the motherland next month for the FIBA World Cup. And that's going to dovetail right into training camp of the following NBA season. And Walker Kessler is also another guy I want to keep an eye on now. Walker Kessler is probably a little bit fresher. He's, you know, 21 years old or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I have but, no you know, concerns about that, really. <laughs> about, about, about I don't Walker. know who. But, you know, the veterans, and I don't know where he's going to be playing next season, like Jordan Clarkson, for example. Um, they're going to be coming off these very long, concurrent off-seasons. So I'm a little bit concerned about the wear and tear of Larry Markinen, and hopefully the Jazz can load manage him well next season and you know give them a couple of breathers upon the holidays and then a couple of games you know between new year's day and the all-star break hopefully but the more i think about it i think it's less likely my big worry about the jazz wasting the season was if larry markinen was a one-hit wonder Mm. and i think i think because of his skill set and how he shoots and his shot profile and his creativity and the way he can be a number one on certain nights, but also play off other guys. As long as you don't throw him on the back burner and say you're our fourth most important player, I think Lowry can be a long-term piece of what the Jazz are going to do. Best case scenario, trying to build a championship roster. Yeah. And therefore, I think this year is worthwhile. And also, I think we're not looking at the best season of Lowry Markinen's career being in the past, but hopefully still in the future. Yeah, that's the that's the hard part for me. You know, I've asked this multiple times. I think he was the, uh, the voting was bad this season. Let's keep that in mind. 
looking at things objectively, even though we are laser focused on the Utah Jazz and love our team, I think Larry, if you look at if you look at his peers in the league, he was legitimately like an All NBA third team forward this season. I think so. I I, I was I was shocked uh, when he was not announced um, uh, as a third teamer. Um, and you know, it is what it I is. wasn't uh, because the guy who beat him out's in the number one market in the NBA. That's that's that is true. Um, uh, and you know, so like, it gave me a modicum of, of, of confidence what you know, Laurie did this year, Laurie did this year, and uh, and Walker, and even a little bit of Ochai. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, do I think Walker or Ochai are anything more than high level starter slash eighth man, uh, respectively? Not really. Um, I don't think I don't think Walker. And honestly, Kessler... Ochai in particular, uh-huh. Ochai has already exceeded my wildest expectations. <laughs> that is that, that is some very little like, from yeah. Ochai Abaji, right. and so his rookie season alone, I I already have higher hopes yeah. for him based on what he's been able to do. Just because I thought he yeah. was a great college basketball player and not so much a great NBA player, so I'm very my I'm very open minded on Ochai Abaji's future as well. Okay, so and and so then that, that's where like it's hard for me to say, man, I, I man, I really wish. The Jazz had a top three season, but if if the cost of the top that or top sorry a top three draft pick, if that um, uh, cost comes at the cost of you know Laurie Walker yep. and Ochai and all those guys and all those, and everything in the Utah Jazz is looking yeah ten percent worse, it probably is not worth it to me. So uh, right my, now my philosophy is if those three players those three young players you just mentioned uh-huh. Larry Markkinen, Ochai Abaji, and Walker Kessler. If the seasons they just had are legitimate and foreboding to better seasons ahead, then this past Jazz season will not have been in vain, in my yes. opinion. And so, and then that, and that's and that's probably right. I mean, Jared, I mean, any any disagreements there? Um, I, I think Justin's pretty much. You know, I I I agree pretty yeah. much. I mean, with it, most it, of what he's saying. Like it so. is what it is like like we we. I mean, obviously, this is the this is part of the Tank Note podcast. Like we we were all Hashtag. looking to tank and. Um, in the moments, the, those games that we won were not enjoyable. Well, not, for me, not enjoyable. See, seeing us beat the Nuggets, seeing us beat. This is the only the only time that the gets that cannot replace Logan because Logan like yeah. winning. Yeah, and and and, <laughs> and, and, Lo, and Logan uh, on the other end, I'm, I hated watching the tanking. Um, so yeah. this actually turned True. out. This actually might like, you know, I I keep I kept saying you know we're gonna look back in this at the season as a lost season as one of the worst seasons ever, and who knows we might all look back at the season and. Everybody's gonna enjoy it for different reasons, and if you know, like as he just said, if Laurie takes the next step, if he does, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, think I don't know if he will. If but he's able to find his own shot there. a little bit more, right. I think he he becomes really so. If he it, becomes better than yeah. last year, yeah. If Laurie, if Laurie hits, if the Jazz nail this draft, this draft, and they get one to two, really not just solid players, like like players that you you can dream to, like okay, yeah, this th- these are the next guys in the league. If, if the Jazz nail it, you know, at nine or at five or four, wherever they they draft their players, if they can figure mm-hmm. out how to draft the next, you know, talent in, in the NBA, and then, uh, you know, like, hey, you, you have to get yeah. Lucky. If they can find if they can find one of the top three guys in this draft at nine, then I think the Jazz are in really good shape. A lot, but a, a not, lot of, who knows? Yeah, it takes a lot of luck, but um, you know, maybe maybe the, maybe maybe it's time for the Jazz to get a little bit of luck, but. Um, uh, we can all look back at the season uh, all together. And go, you know what? Actually, wasn't that bad a season. Um, you know, they they got lucky, they got unlucky, uh, but then they got lucky in the draft. So it's it is what it is. Um, 
but yeah, so gets it. I'm, uh, you know, this guy here. I'm uh, getting laid, um, and he's he's uh, enjoying the rainy weather in Oregon. Uh, Justin, I'm. Uh, when are you going to come back to Utah? That's a good question. The problem is I'm coming back to Las Vegas first, and then I'm going to the Philippines. So um, the PGO is pretty much exhausted at the moment. Mm, um, mm. You know, oh, oh dude, are you you're attending the World Cup in person? That sounds awesome. Yeah, breaking news. Um, <laughs> let let my stalkers assemble. It's him, it's, but, him and Walker Kessler are going to hang out. So all all the women, so your shot, Justin. Justin is a, is a is a single man. I do believe. <laughs> this is this is. I was told we were on a basketball podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Justin, Justin and I, we know things. So, um, oh, no, you know things. You know things. Oh, ooh, but, ooh, uh, ooh. all right. So, Justin, I'm uh, going to the Philippines, but um, uh, it's a different, the only time, the Justin, only, it's a different the only area time code. I'm going so, to kiss and tell us how I feel about. Cam Whitmore versus the Thompson. Gotcha, games. gotcha. <laughs> but um, uh, Justin, it is a different area code. So, um, uh, go follow him at Gitsit on uh, on the Twitterverse, so on the Blue Sky, on the Instagram, on the Truth Social. Um, Mastodon. Well, thankfully, most of our listeners right, aren't in Portland, so he's safe, and most of our listeners aren't in the Philippines. Yeah, so I mean, maybe because we are a pro. Yeah. We are a pro Jordan Clarkson podcast. We, 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 oh, extremely. Yeah. If we, if we get Jordan Clarkson on the podcast, then uh, our Philippines numbers are going to skyrocket. So, dude, um, hey, hey, you know what? Do it. Do here's, it. here's the thing, and I can I can opine on this and rule on this, given. My um my similar amount of heritage to Eric Spolstra, <laughs> nice. us of course being half Filipino, half European white guys. So <laughs> Walker Kessler, by virtue of yesterday's news and given his inevitable enthusiasm for venturing through Manila, has already been declared as of six twenty seven p.m. Eastern time on June sixteenth, twenty twenty three. The year of our Lord, <laughs> A.D. Danny, Danny Ainge. Is, in, is, not only, <laughs> is not only an honorary, but a pseudo-blood relative Filipino. He is a Filipino citizen. Yo! There you Walker go. Get Kessler it, Walker. There is you the go. newest Filipino citizen, and I will allow him to have dual citizenship. Dual citizenship. So that he can, so that he can also retain... Dude, critical American citizenship. He needs to. So what he needs to do is he needs to tell the American team thanks, but no thanks, and then go play with Gilas Filipinas and Jordan Clarkson. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's extreme. I don't I don't need him to relinquish his American citizenship. But what I'm saying, what but I'm Jordan saying, Clarkson is still an American citizen, and he plays for Gilas. What I'm saying is Walker Kessler is now officially. My eighth cousin. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, go follow. Um, I love it. Uh, the not Barker. to be confused with Jalen. Not to be confused with Jalen Green of the current Houston Rockets. Right. Um, hashtag. I want him to get traded to Utah. Who is allegedly my fourth cousin? Now oh, there you go. <laughs> so, oh, the, that the family tree. Yeah, the fa- the the yeah, so, family tree. Um, so fun fact: my mother is actually from a province in north or uh, in Luzon, which is. Uh, you know, the big northern land of the Philippines. So my mother is from La Onion, that province. And Jalen Green's, I believe, uh, paternal grandfather is from Ilocos Sur, which, if I'm not mistaken, is just 
one or two provinces north of where my mom came from. So I guarantee we have uh, similar blood. <laughs> Anyways, um, he's going to be all the jazz and he's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's, um, uh, that's uh, you know. You heard it here first on Hitting the High Notes. Yes. Jalen Green, future member of the Utah future Jazz. Jalen Green, And wow. by the way, by the way, his godfather is none other than uh, Utah Jazz, what was it, classic 2000 draft pick, Deshaun Stevenson. Oh. Deshaun Stevenson and Jalen Green's father, if I have my facts straight, um, hashtag Mike Gundy, played high school ball together at Washington Union High School in Fresno, California. Squatch would love that because uh, he's a big Deshaun fan I'm, uh, uh, in high school. I can you know that. who wasn't? Jerry Sloan. Rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> That's, that is also correct. Um, uh, you know, the Shannon Anderson replacement. Uh, go follow him, uh, the Barker at uh, Barker or uh, at uh, the the Buster and Bark uh, Buster Bark Bus and Barker. Um, uh, two S's and bus B U S S B U S S busing bussy. Um, uh, do we want to talk more? Uh, do we want to talk more? Uh, Philippines World Cup or Summer League? <laughs> that will have to be off air. Um, uh, go bet on Summer League and Philippines World oh, Cup. Oh, you got a hot date tonight. Uh, with um, uh, betonline.ag is proud sponsor <laughs> of hitting the high notes. Yeah, I have a hot date with them uh, with work here. So, um, uh, but yeah, so we'll, hey, you um, know. Fall, fall in love with your work and you'll never work a day. <laughs> uh, I, I keep hearing that. I'm uh, at, at age 30. I don't know. I don't... Hashtag heat culture. Yeah, heat culture. At 8.38, I'm, uh, I'm still working on it. So. Um, no comment. Uh, yes. Um, uh, if I could just, if I, if I could just um, uh, guard, uh, bodyguard uh, princesses, uh, my life might be might, might be okay. So um, uh, for um, uh, Jared Barker and uh, Gets It Justin, we'll see you guys next time. Okay. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.